So today we're going to have our second uh, Sunday of uh, testimonies. Last Sunday was really incredible at the camp. The testimonies were amazing. Uh, I was giving Bates uh, a serious competition on the tears department. I don't know about the rest of you, but yeah, it was really powerful. Um, so today we're going to have our second Sunday of testimonies. Um, so yeah, we really want to encourage you to, uh, it's such an encouragement to the rest of us. And um, just as we share the testimonies and what God, God's done in our life. So, Ali's going to share the first testimony. I'm going to kick us off with my first testimony to make you realize that it doesn't have to be something that's like, whoa, you know, they're going to write a book about it. Um, so... We had our church camp last Sunday, and I have to tell you that since lockdown, my social capacity, my muscle is quite weak. And so I came to camp armed with a really good book and a get-out-of-jail-free card. You know, like, I could just go home. It was close enough. And, and I, but I prayed. And for many, any of you who've known me, I've, I'm driving people nuts with my latest thing of, it's not what I've got to do, it's what I get to do. So I have a very close friend who's a paraplegic, and she's just such a good reminder. So whenever I'm feeling like, mm, I've got to fold the laundry, I've got to go grocery shopping again, or all these things that are actually a bit of a pain, I just think, I get to, I get to do that. She doesn't get to do that. And it's amazing when you say, it's not what I've got to do. So like my husband's an elder, so I've got to go on the church camp. It's what I get to do. I get to go on church camp. So I prayed, and I said, Lord, Please help me to embrace this, not just so that I come away feeling like, oh, I've had such a nice camp, but that it's like a blessing for everybody. I don't want to be that person, you know, in my own self. No one else would even notice, but I, I want you to embrace it. So I prayed. I asked God to strengthen my social capacity and get my muscles strong again. Well, I mean, I could have gone even longer. It was just amazing. The book didn't even get opened. It's a hard book anyway, so that may be why. Um, but it was just so wonderful. And I just felt this incredible love build up in me and this compassion for people and this desire to want to connect with people more and more and more. So that was my testimony. And what I also just want to share to encourage you all now is that you are all very, very important. And you all do matter incredibly. And you are part of our family. And when you're not with us, when you don't come with that little thing, you know that horrible feeling? Who was it who talked about? Matt Ray always says he, he knows when he's got to speak. He gets like a physical sensation. We won't go into the details. But you know when you just get that thing like, I need to say something. But it's so small. Really, is anyone going to, you know, is it important? Or is it what I actually ate last night? Is it from God? You know, it's kind of that toss up. My encouragement is to just come. Come and stand up at the front. You may not think that it's very important, but you don't know what God's doing and you don't know what's going on in the lives of everyone. And just coming to the front and just declaring that God has been good to you in your life, that God helped you to thoroughly enjoy a camp. I mean, that's just bringing testimony to his goodness and the fact that he's involved in the intricate details of our lives. And he loves every one of us. And we love you. So when you're not here, we miss you. It's not we legalistic, like tick the box. Did you come to church this Sunday? And whatever you have, God's prepared good works in advance for every one of us. And so what I want to encourage us this morning is that when you come up here, it's honoring God. So it's also good for us, but it's, it is important. It's so good for your family. And we're all part of this family. Some people have got quite big roles and they're quite big and, you know, there and you know they're there. Other people have got a tiny, well, in their minds, a tiny role. But every role is crucial. 
every, it's like the body, you know. I know there's some parts, maybe the appendix you don't need, but I just remember Christine Kane speaking about the fact that she had an accident and she tore some funny thing in her knee and it incapacitated her. It was a tiny little thing that she didn't even know was in her knee. But when it went on a skiing accident, that was her. She was not able to do anything. She was flat on her back in so much pain, she couldn't even speak. It was so sore. So that's what I want to encourage you. Sorry, I'm going on and on, but you know. Just if it's small, still come. So if anyone has any testimony to what God has done in your life this year, even in this last week, just of his goodness, come forward. The mic's yours. And next year, come on camp. It was fun. I'm still a bit stiff, though. The next person might need to. Happy? <laughs> Uh, the following story is based on true life events. <laughs> Jan, I don't have my book with me because Bates, where's Bates? Bates and John, my husband, mocked me last week because I am so structured with my little book and my notes. So now I'm all self-conscious and only have my notes on my phone. <laughs> but I have notes. Um, okay, so those of you who don't know, uh, seven years ago, I got an instruction from the Lord to quit my job overnight, literally, and to go and um, create equal opportunities for people where there aren't any. Um, and that was a very broad um, instruction, and I didn't know what was following. And I've had many testimonies over the, over the last couple of years about that project that we opened up in, in the... Um, in July this year, um, in the middle of town, in Victoria Street, uh, we opened up an economic development hub um, to a trading hub for underserved communities in Salambosh for them to be able to sell their products um, in the center of town. And um, during that seven years, that day that we opened up, I, I came home that night and I said to Jean, never in the last seven years have I been this tired as today when I had to, and guys, we had to jump through hoops, many hoops to get that place open. Building plans, Heritage Western Cape, it's a heritage building, we had to find money. Like, it was, it was, a, it was a big project, and never have I been as tired as that first day. And dealing with people, dealing with the public, and it was just so overwhelming to me, and it, and it it's just dawned on me, like, I'm gonna have to do this every day. Like, Lord, please don't make me do this every day. And um, because I'm actually, those of you really who know me better, I'm actually a little bit of an introverted um, closet bean counter. Um, so speaking to people all day long is really not my idea of fun. And um, it was, I, I thought back about my dad. He, at some point in his life, he thought it's a good idea to make your hobby your job. And he opened a restaurant and he could grill a mean steak, but at eight o'clock he would tell people, please will you just now take your things and go because I want to go to bed. <laughs> And um, needless to say, I didn't have it very long. Um, but um, I was completely and utterly depleted. I felt like the dog that caught the bus. And like, how am I going to do this? And about one month in, I was literally lying on my back with the duvet over my head. It was a cold winter. With my phone on my side. And I was doing my Bible study like that. Because that was how finished I was. And I was in the, in the part where um, Gideon was saying to God, God, like, I need to... You need to 
give the Midianites over into my hands, but I can't do this with the resources I have. And God said to him, the 300 that you have is what you have. Um, let the other people go. And when he said that, you know, I need more resources, I was like, yes, God, like I need more resources. Like I don't have time. I don't have money. I don't have energy. We don't have staff. Like, please, I, I can't do this. And, um, that was the verse I got, and I was like, oh, like, okay. So, which one of these four things that I don't have would you like me to let go of? <laughs> I have nothing to let go of. Anyway, so I was very, yeah, it didn't really speak to me at that point in time. I was a little bit more irritated. And the next morning, Mila was driving to school um, with her mom. It's my stepdaughter, for those who don't know. And she posts this photo, which Bevan can bring up, um, on the family group. And for those who can see, that is driving from Porkadry Road over into Stellenbosch, because live in Kales River. And if you can see, there's that massive seven cloud. It's a golden seven cloud that was hanging over Stellenbosch on that day. And she posted it on this family group, and she said, Mom says she thinks the Lord is coming in seven days, but I think... <laughs> <laughs> she sends this voice, but I think it's got something to do with the seventh book of the Bible, the seventh chapter, and the seventh verse. And I go and I go look it up, what this is. And the seventh verse, and that verse was this. Hang on. Okay. This is the, this is the verse. Just to get there. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men <laughs> that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let the others go home. I was like, okay. <laughs> I think I get it. And it was just so amazing that that very next day that he just came and said, I'm writing it in the sky now. How many times have we asked, Lord, can you just write something for me in the sky? And he literally wrote it in the sky. And what he was saying to me is, you're really not getting it. It's not about having more resources, having more time, having more money, having more of anything. You need to just surrender this. I have it all. I, have the, I will give you the energy. I will give you the time. I will give you the resources. Everything will come. But you first need to surrender. And I was like, fine, God. Okay, I, okay. I bow my knee, I surrender this. And that evening, a colleague of mine, she sends me a message, she says, because I shared, it, shared this with them, and I said, guys, we just need to surrender this thing, the Lord will provide what, what, need, what, what we need. And she sends me a message, she says, you won't believe this, but today, um, someone that she knows came to her, he's suicidal, um, and he said to her, do you believe in signs? And she said, why? And I said, I don't know, but I'm seeing sevens everywhere. And then she showed him this picture um, and told him my story. And he's not a believer, um, but it, it, she said it shifted something in him. And I'm praying for that guy. Like, I have no idea what, what the Lord's plan is for him, but he really, really is in the detail. Um, and at the end of the day, I think, yeah, it, it really comes down to the fact that we need to trust the Lord. Um, he, that next week, he provided, uh, I just had energy. I didn't have less work, uh, but I had energy that I didn't know where it came from. It felt like I just came from a December holiday. Um, I could just keep on going. Um, and the next week, three things happened. 
We got a call from a girl that moved down to Stellenbosch and said she wanted to come and work for us. She's got a master's in, um, in marketing and we don't have to pay her. She moved down, she's there, she's now working. Um, one of the other staff members, we realized that she's actually much better with people than I, <laughs> than, than I am when I'm busy. Like I'm like a man when I'm in a busy working and someone comes to talk to you, interrupt you all the time when you're in a retail space. Like I cannot get out of that box. I just want to say, go away, go away, don't speak to me, don't speak to me. She is like much better than me. Like she's completely taking over the operations. And there was another thing. There was a third thing that happened. Oh, I got this random volunteer that, that she's a business consultant that came and said, um, what do you need? And I just told her a little bit about what we're doing. And she says, sounds like you need an exit strategy. I can help you to develop an exit strategy of how to, how to move on. And um, so, yeah, so eventually I first had to surrender and, and the Lord came and he provided everything else. So, Thanks, Ali. Um, so just was prompted by what Ali said about small things, um, just to encourage you guys in that it doesn't have to be glamorous. Um, I got like just this thing last week to really speak to my dad about his faith. Um, and I'm not an evangelical kind of person. It's kind of like, God, you can work in that person's life. You can reveal yourself to them. Please don't use me. Um, and I just felt this prompting for like a week that I should really speak to him. And I did. And it didn't go the way I anticipated, but I didn't spontaneously combust. I am still living. <laughs> and yeah, God will use my, my fumbling and mumbling. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, God was faithful to get me through that. So, small testimony. <laughs> What's up, guys? Um, <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I, when Ali was speaking, I just felt that I should maybe share a bit. Um, so, yeah, like, I think a lot of people know my story. You guys all watched a weird video that I posted. Um, but... Just, just an encouragement in community. So, it's, I think it's been like what two years or so, and um, like my life has gone from very low to very high, <laughs> um, to like really destructive habits to very empowering habits. Um, like you know, just your your daily quiet times. Um, yeah, you guys know my story. I'm not going to share everything, but I, I just want to encourage in terms of community. Um, I, f I feel a lot of love today, and as yeah, as as Ali said, like you feel it from every side. So throughout, like I was part of Johannes's discipleship group. I've been part of Nathan and Mandy's life group. Um, I'm now part of Daniel and Kendra's life group, and it's just like kind of taking me through all of this, and like in two years obviously through my own journey with God, but also being supported by, by Charmaine, by um, yeah, obviously my wife, because I got married this year. <laughs> um, so just, just being taken from strength to strength and like how well community works if you use it. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's kind of what I was supposed to say is just like encouragement that like if you invest if you pull in people here specifically like in i'm sure other churches as well but for me in this church i got loved so freaking much and i think because of that i've been able to grow so so much in such a little time um and obviously that's also investing in god and investing in my quiet times and investing in all these different things but like the place in which i am now 
I sometimes forget, but then I, I, I look back. I, I, like, I need like five seconds and I look back and, you know, like before I came on, on, a, on, a, on a, the student camp in 2019, I was, I was using a lot of weird crap <laughs> and I was not in a good place. And to be now here where I am from there in a space of two years and having no life, having no... Um, good things, you know, like, uh, like, obviously, you know, you enjoy small parts, but I, I just mean, I've been, I, I've been given so many good blessings, like, getting married is, I think it's a massive thing, you know, like, I, I, if I continued on the path that I had, I would not have a lot of what I have today, um, so, yeah, just an encouragement that community works, and I freaking love everyone here, and, um, yeah, oh, wait. <laughs> Um, so, small thing, also kind of on community, um, I was very encouraged last week where we all got given that verse and then everyone had a testimony afterwards and seeing the power of how everyone, we were like, we're so hungry and we're so empty and then one verse, memorizing one verse changed so many people. Um, so, my verse also had quite an impact on me and God was showing me a lot and like how my verse was also, it said, um, for Christ also suffered and it, it carried on. But that part really struck out for me and like in our suffering, he really he understands it and he knows. Um, and my suffering this year has not been in the grand scheme of things very big. Um, but just the reminder that God understands. Um, and I kind of just took it for myself and I didn't really see how that applied to anyone or I was supposed to share it with anyone. And then a friend of ours was going through a bit of a tough time and I was like, well, you know, God understands, and he also went through suffering, and if you speak to him about it, he gets it, and just that reminder of community and how it just stuck out for me, but it wasn't a big deal, and then a few days later, I was able to share that with her, and I don't know, hopefully it was able to help her, but in what she's going through, so just a reminder of like one single verse that sticks out to you, and in community, it can be such a blessing. Yeah, just maybe to, um, yeah, please come up. Just, um, it was amazing with those verses. I mean, last week, the verse that I got was, I'm not typically an anxious person, but, you know, I said to Ali the week before, you know, I've actually been unusually just a little bit anxious about work stuff, more than usual. And the verse that I got last week was the one of don't be anxious about anything, but, you know, everything in prayer and petition and to known to God. So I just really felt that God had given that verse specifically to me, um, which was so cool, like you were saying. Hey guys, um, <laughs> found my name. Okay, um, so I'll share two stories. So the first one was from um, this past week, and I was like thinking through like plans for next year because we all there, and it's like, <laughs> what must I do? <laughs> Where must I go? And I was just like getting feedback from different places, and some are saying yes, some are saying no, and how to make that work, and just like processing with my parents, like what's the ne what the next steps are, and just feeling so like hopeless. I was like, wow, <laughs> I don't know what to do. I don't know, like your lease is ending, um, and obviously life has to go through. And I was just like, this this thing isn't going anywhere, and it's not going anywhere still. And I was like, and I was washing like the dishes on Friday, and I was like playing music, just like you know, life. And then, um, yeah, and then I was like, does this mean that I just don't believe now? Like, do I just not believe the Lord? Because, wow, I don't know where. Um, and I was like, no. And, like, as I was thinking, I was like, oh, I'm just so hopeless. I don't know where this is going. 
And I stood there and I was like, no, no, it's not like you believe all the more because this is happening. Because we weren't promised like it easy or whatever, but like you believe all the more. And I was like, oh, that's so hard. But anyway, I did it. And even like as I was thinking of that and then I was thinking of like the weekend and Taryn had shared something um, and he was just like, like the disciples were walking and Jesus was like, he was walking with them. And um, okay. I'll just read it. <laughs> um, okay. So then they said, so then, okay, I'll read from Luke 24, from verse 18. Um, so Jesus comes to them and is like, what are you discussing? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know these things have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in the word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but couldn't find his body. They came and told us that they had a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found that it was women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish are you and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Okay. Long story short, they're walking, they're walking with Jesus, and they're like, we thought that guy was going to be, like, the one who redeemed Israel. And it's like, actually, like, who was going to redeem the people? It's like, no, he still is that. Like, Jesus, as he's walking with them, and they don't, like, believe, and, like, they're so downcast, but it's like, no, but he's walking with them in that, and he still is that. He still is the one who's redeeming Israel, and he's going to redeem all creation. So I was encouraged by those things. Um, yeah, so... We weren't planning on saying something, but <laughs> here we are. Um, I think it's because it's more of a, a still a testimony in progress than a testimony completed. <laughs> um, so, yeah, lots of things happened this year, and um, yeah, part of it was my being diagnosed with skin cancer, and um, just the process of um, processing that is is something I wanted to share with, with you guys, because it's often like in some people's lives there's all these big things happening or like that you think is big and other people are, and then they tell you oh don't worry it's not as bad as that guy <laughs> but actually like i think everyone has something that they are going through which is tough and for us just processing this was really tough like where is god in all this and we're talking about it this morning um that yeah it, it really shakes like what are you holding on to and I think lots of people are going through stuff like that at the moment. And um, last weekend, the, the camp just being reminded of what, gave, what God gave us in Scripture um, and what we can actually hold on, what we can turn to. And you know, the verse that I got was, um, faith is confidence in what we do not see, uh, paraphrased. <laughs> um, and uh, so that just... that, that confidence that God did give us um, is what we can hold on to but like I say it's like a it's a testimony in progress <laughs> that's my part 
So what Johan didn't say is that that was not the only thing that happened this year. A car got stolen, a other car blew a gasket, which, which I didn't know was a physical thing that can happen. I thought it was just a phrase. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it is. Um, and he also had an autoimmune, or he has an autoimmune disease, so he's actually quite at risk for COVID and all of that, and all the chaos with it schools, um, ups and downs for the children. So life has just been chaotic this year, to say the least. Those things, that is with my faith this year. Really struggled with all the questions and the whys and the hows and the what ifs and um, really been to very dark places in my, my thoughts of um, how is this going to play out and Lord why. <laughs> the Lord why question was a lot and um, I don't have strength in, in myself for all of this. And um, not, as Johan said, this is like we haven't reached the, the top of the mountain yet. Uh, and, and to a large degree, we're still going through the valley. But, um, but community, I just said it, um, community has been so valuable for us. People bringing us food, people giving us hugs, people just taking us for coffee or just sending a message and... Um, yeah, we shouldn't invalue, but yeah, community is extremely valuable, and I think that's where Jesus, our hands and feet, <laughs> yeah, that's the hands and feet of Jesus, and um, yeah, just people validating our feelings and our and loving us in incredible ways, and I feel that is God taking care of us, and um, yeah, and. Um, yeah, sometimes it's difficult to trust that God is good, but when you see those things, you remember, yes, God is good, and He's got great plans, and he are better. He's bigger than our struggles. Hi, I'm Kerry. You won't know me, most of you. We're quite new here. Hi. Just wanted to share a testimony. It's actually quite an old testimony, but I was so reminded of it today with the, when the little kiddies were here. And um, so I'm a mum of four, four grown-up. Um, kids now, but I wanted to share a story that was had such a profound effect on us as a family when my kids were little, and just to encourage the young parents here and those that one day will be. So we had gone on a holiday, we'd gone to Neisner, and my kids, I think Jordan was only about, I don't know, I think Brenna was only about two, so it was two, four, six, eight, just about. And um, we had gone walking in the Neisner forest, and so we, we were staying in this little place, and, um, and we said, okay, come kids, we're going out for the day, we're going walking, we went hiking, we were doing this massive circular hike. Anyway, we get out, and it was taking much longer than we thought, and we had actually, by mistake, left too late. So we get into the middle of the Neisner Forest, and um, it was getting dark, and I said to Chris, I said, hmm, I feel a little bit uncomfortable here, I don't know where we really are going, and we kind of lost the path. And um, we actually got to a point where we phoned 911 because we were completely lost with these four little kids. And it, it was very overgrown and it was getting dark and there we, had no, we had no signal. So it was like, oh, now what do we do? So I said to Chris, I think the best thing that we can do, we had already walked for about two hours, is to turn around and try and find our way back. Um, and it was now dark. The sun had gone, it was black, and we had these four little things. And I said to Chris, okay, I'm going to go in front, and you go behind, and we put the four kids in between us. And we started walking, and I, you know, as a mom, you can just sense where there's a little bit of anxiety starting to happen. And I was so reminded, I turned to my kids, and I said, guys, 
Do you remember what God's word says? I said his word is very clear. It says that his word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And I kid you not, and I've got testimony of six people here. As I said that, fireflies lit up a path to the right and to the left. And we started to walk, and, and Chris said, no, hang on a second, this is just weird. He said, stay here, I'm going into the bush and seeing if there are fireflies. We went, he went into the bush, he came back, he said, there's no other fireflies anywhere. We literally walked between this path of fireflies in the pitch black and right out to our cabin, and it was about a kilometer or two kilometers, whatever. And I was reminded again of the incredible kindness of God. When you sow his word, and that testimony that was just shared, when God, when he gives you his word, you know, he's just amazing how he brings it to pass in the most unusual ways. I love the scripture where it says that his word is like water that falls down from heaven. It waters the land and it grows in its season and it was, does not return to him void. What he sends it out to do, it will be accomplished. And so that was just a testimony of for us as parents of sowing that word into the children's hearts and the incredible kindness of God of seeing it physically manifest and just getting us out. So thank you. Yeah, so <clears throat> not quite sure why I'm doing this, but I guess yeah, God's just putting this on my heart. So yeah, um so the reason I'm speaking now is twofold. First of all, I just think I really need this accountability from the whole church now. And second of all, I hope this is going to be an encouragement to all of us. So um, <clears throat> I'll try to keep it short. I think June 2020, I received a strong calling from God um, to speak about his coming again. And like, you know, being prepared as a church and also like to getting people who are not saved yet into the church because I think the time is short. But um, I was like, yeah, not sure how to go about this and have been disobedient to it. And yeah, I tried to, you know, do parts of it, but only those that were actually comfortable and uh, not putting my reputation on the, on the game. And so, yeah, I was thinking this year, like, <clears throat> yeah, God, why are you not speaking? I'm not hearing anything from you. And yesterday morning, I just heard, like, God speak so hard to me again. And what he said was, um, he gave me the picture of Jonah. And he said, look, why do you want me to speak if I already told you what you need to do? Um, and then he gave me the scripture from Revelation chapter 3. And it says, these things... Uh, I know your works, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain, that you that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what, not know what hour I will come upon you. So, yeah. So I thought the two ways that I am going to yeah going to go about this, and I think it's actually a whole church thing. This is not a yeah not a me thing. It's like first of all, mission is such an important thing, and mission is not an, a, a church thing. Like when we stand before the throne of God, we won't be able to say yeah those people in church did it, but I was yeah something else. It's an individual thing. So um, wherever we are in our society, like if we stand for God, if we love God, we also have to live it out, and that's what I want to do from now on. And the second thing is just um, following the ways of the world um, is such a problem for me because, I don't know, those who know me, uh, just ask Jack and those guys. <laughs> I'm really a fearful person, like fearing people, and I, like so often I just do what guys ask me to do. 
and like what I think people want me to like want to see. Um, rather than like Angus Buchan actually said that in his uh, sermon on Friday on his revival train, like uh, the sign of the world is power, but the sign of Christianity cross, like dying to yourself, and um, yeah, are we willing to stand up where we see like injustice, are we willing to stand up uh, against uh, things where, yeah, we're discriminated against, um, like I'm just thinking of, yeah, with the universities I was trying, trying to do now with the vaccine mandates, and it's a hot topic, and those that know me will know that I'm against it, um, but uh, yeah, just felt God put this on my heart. Good morning. Um, so... Some of you might know this, others of you won't, but I'm actually a PK, <laughs> pastor's kid. Um, <laughs> and, and so, you know, the PK that's still in church, apparently. <laughs> um, so I was raised by awesome parents, and one of the things I was raised with is this huge expectation of, I am going to get to university and I'm going to have the best church experience. <laughs> like, I'm going to walk into church, I'm going to walk into community, I'm going to like instantly slot in, be friends with everyone, then all my friends are going to go out on mission and me too. And I walked with these huge expectations. That's what I came in with. And I kind of got to my second year of university and I'm just like, not happening. It's not what I expected. And in my heart of hearts, I was really disappointed in God because I thought, this is my design, right? I'm meant to be in a church and in a community where I'm locked in and feeling like I'm seen and I matter. And yeah, and I was just really disappointed um, with this, but kind of was like, still going to go to church and still thing. And I kind of carried this with me and I, I forgot about it. And then I was having a conversation with my sister about she also came with these huge expectations and kind of has been processing this with God as well and we're talking about this. And I realized that without me even cognitively re like knowing, God answered that. Um, and in this space, and I just want to give praise to God that he came and he saw me in my space. And without me having to realize or having to move churches without causing offense or due to offense or um, leaving with any hard feelings, that he's able to move me a place where I'm called to be and part of a community that I just know I'm meant to be here. So I just want to give praise to God for that, um, for seeing me and just not even me realizing it and he's done it for me. So yeah, thank you God. <laughs> hello, hello. Um, I really wanted to share last week, but I chickened out. So I guess I got given a second opportunity. Um, so I have this terrible habit of not asking God for advice before I fully go into something. Um, and this happened almost exactly a year ago in October, in the beginning of October. And I was fully convinced, I've always been chasing the dream of environmental education, and that's where I'm going to go. And I heard of eco-schools, and I fully, fully went into this eco-school. I gave my time, I didn't get paid for like a month and a half, and I was like, I am going to get a job here, like this is what I'm going to do. And eventually, after long, like waiting and waiting. Every day I come to school, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get a job, I'm going to get a job, and I didn't. But finally, the last day where I was going to volunteer there, um, I got a job, which was pretty cool. And then God just told me, no, you shouldn't work here. And I was like, oh, man. 
I shouldn't take this job. And I asked everyone, like, this is on my heart. Should I take the job? Shouldn't I? And everyone's like, no, job security. You must take it. You must take it. So I took it. And along the side, there was this school being built um, in Paul called Green School South Africa. And it's like the pinnacle of green education in the world. And I was like, okay, that's where I'm going to work towards. And then the job, like a job opportunity opened, which I could apply for. And I actually got the job. So before I had to, like, I quit my job before I started my job and then got that job and did that job. <laughs> so that's where I am now, Green School. But I think it was just such a cool thing that you can fully pursue something and 100% feel like you're supposed to be there. But if you don't ask God's advice, you know, He's going to show you where he is actually going to take you. And I just thought that was so cool that, you know, like God puts you on the path you're supposed to be. And that's just incredibly special. So if you're in a position of not knowing or confused or have to start applying for jobs, because I know there's students here and it's very scary, don't worry. Like God has a plan for you. And it's just such a special thing. So, yeah. There's time for one or two more because it would be lovely to share communion. I just think the thing that's come through so much is that community and that sharing communion together is an incredible, it's just a beautiful picture of us coming around the table as a family and sharing of the goodness of God. But Alex, there's always time for you. <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, so for those who might not know me, I'm Alex. Um, and yeah, mine isn't massive, but what Ali started off with was great. And I must say, that was also great um, a, mo a moment ago, because I almost chickened out of sharing this as well. Um, but basically, this past year, there's been a lot of growth. Um, and I work in the wine industry, which in our country has been horrible in the past year because of the alcohol prohibitions. And my work has really been super unstable, going a few months without being paid. And... Um, yeah, really just struggling to find purpose in it as well. And it's something I'd put a lot of prayer into. And a couple of months ago, I can't remember how, mu how long ago it was, but yeah, God really answered the prayer and um, yeah, gave me a stable position on the farm that I work on. And it's yeah, really been going super well. Um, and I didn't really have much peace in it though. Um, I must say over the past, um, goodness, month, uh, I've really found out what my new position at my job has entailed and it meant that I've I had to sacrifice a lot and it meant working on weekends and so I've been missing a lot of church things I've been missing and what what really I struggled with a lot was missing out on things like kidsmen um, which I really enjoy and love serving in and so I really felt yeah as I said I, I didn't feel at peace I was struggling um, and I felt like I'd been disobedient to God that I actually shouldn't have gone for this job position and pushed for it and um, although things like pay was better although things like um, I felt like I was adding value there were other areas where I felt like I'd maybe made a mistake um, and so last week in particular just before family camp was really horrible because I was like damn I have to work this weekend so now I can't even go to family camp so I try to come when I could and then on Friday night which I actually wasn't going to attend um, yeah, I just felt something and felt opportunities to just really join on Friday night. I wanted some spiritual food. Um, and so, yeah, went there. It was so awesome. And then Taryn's wife, Julie, after his little sermon that he gave, um, yeah, she does. I've never met them before. She just came to me and she said, I just felt God really speaking to me. And she 
basically told me that, she told me exactly what I was feeling, that I'd been sidelined by God, that I wasn't where I wanted to be or was supposed to be. And she said, that's not true. God has you exactly where he wants you to be. He has a plan for you. He has not sidelined you at all. You just have to trust in him. And it was really peace-giving that, yeah, that she said that, that God has me exactly where he wants me. And that's the same for everyone else. Like, God has you exactly where he wants you to be, even in suffering, especially in suffering. He has a plan for it. There's growth. He will draw you closer to him. And ultimately, when things are for our good, our good isn't necessarily that we get paid better. Our good isn't that we'll have more time to spend with friends, but that we are closer to God. Um, and so that was super encouraging for me, and it was very, very peace-giving. Um, and yeah, just had it on my heart to share. So, thank you. Anybody else? As John, I can see with a burning testimony. Hi, everybody. Um, if you know me, you know I doing this, <laughs> um, especially to follow Molly's testimony. It's, it always feels like you know God's working everybody else's life but mine. And I don't really have anything to share sometimes, uh, but that's not true. Um, I want to encourage you that um, God is busy with each one of us in a His specific way. And in my life, I was reminded about it um, again when Molly talked about Mila, um, my daughter. And just, I'm so encouraged that she, when seeing a cloud in the sky... <laughs> didn't think, oh, that's cool. She immediately associated that with God. And that is encouraging for me as a father and to, to say that, you know, we raise our children and <clears throat> we think our words are wasted, um, but it's not. Um, something's stuck and, you know, it's, it's, I can see her growing in her faith, even if it's small leaps and bounds. So that's just the one thing. And um, the other thing is, if you, if you also know me, you know I'm a, I'm a bit of an endurance athlete. I like uh, long-distance things, Johannes would know. And um, we had the privilege of being with a friend of mine, Farnes. Um, Johannes also knows him. And he's turning 50 next weekend. Um, but he said, let's have a party before. Um, he's got some family obligations next weekend and so forth. So we just had like a little intimate bry and a few of our friends were together. And... We could honor him. Now, if you know me and him, we go back way, way, way many years. Uh, up till I was about, from about eight years old, he stayed down the street from me. And we shared everything. We shared the good and the bad stuff, all the sins that were so nice and fits like a glove when you were not saved. Uh, there's nothing hidden from, from me, f what he's done and that I've done. So we know, he knows me better than my wife. <laughs> Really, um, but over the years, when I got saved, God saved me graciously um, in about 2000, and it's been a, a slow-moving path. And and in my heart of hearts, I'm an evangelist. I like, I love sharing the gospel if I have the opportunity. And we recollected the past five years of his life. I've always been praying for him. And, and I think it's to do with the endurance. I never quit praying for him. We've got one more friend which is staying up in Job, which is not saved yet, but I, I trust God for that. But just to see him going through tough things and actually during that time getting to know the Lord, God saving him, 
amazingly, I always use him as an example of what God really could do. No influence from the outside. I just shared the gospel with him, and he went on his own, and he met God. And God has just grown him, and, and he's such an example for us all. And just to share with you that don't give up. Never give up on your friends, family, whoever you're praying for, that you think, oh, damn it, this guy's never going to listen. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to bother. Don't give up. Keep on praying. I've seen it in my friend, and I've seen how his life is enriched, his family is enriched, how his daughter just loves his dad for what he has become. Not for what he was, but what he has become. And that is just my testimony, um, and I thought I'll share that. Thank you. Sorry, I realize our time is running out, but Silver really would like to share something. So if you could just have grace for us, just to... Silver, we don't want to come and share? It's burning. Uh, I'm shaking. Uh, Lord, I come to know weaknesses I see. In me, I love this song, and also I say, Lord, I come to you, let my heart be changed, renew. I think every day since I'm reading the Bible. Is a battle. I'm fighting every day, and my mind is God is renewing it every time and every day. 2 Timothy 1, verse 7 and 8 is saying to not be shy because we didn't receive the spirit of weaknesses or a weak spirit, but a spirit of wisdom. So, I don't want to be ashamed about sharing about what I'm living and whatever is um, happening in my life. So, I think I've been very disobedient to God in many things. On the first testimony here, the we're talking about to surrender. I'm fighting about to surrender completely to God, to commit myself to what God wants me to do. Last Sunday, I spoke about my verse was to Ephesians chapter 10, uh, to Ephesians verse 10, is saying, as we are God and the wake, created in Christ Jesus to do good work which God's prepared in advance for us to do. So it was really for me. And also God is speaking to me through the dream. Uh, there's a man that spoke to Nathan. I told him, Nathan, I had a dream. You are praying with me. And then you show me a vision. Then I saw a big church to the mountains. I didn't understand that. And then the second one chose Nathan had a dream where God, Jesus, was teaching me about Matthew 7, verse 14, about the big door and the small door. I don't know how to explain it really, but if you can read, you can understand. So 
I decided to to leave Stellenbosch. That is what I was thinking, because I think like, what I'm going to be here. I'm not doing nothing. I don't see any future here. I try to see my problem and many things. And then on Sunday night, last Sunday, Paul told me about. He was like praying for me, and then, and then God spoke to him about. Um, Genesis 4, chapter 7, I think, uh, is about some decision. One I can make can lead me to goodness, and some I can make it the sin going to sit just in front of my, of, my, of my door. So, in the way that all these things is happening, God is really stand for me, is talking to me very powerfully. But... Here in the church, I'm a little kid. I'm a very little kid in faith, very little. Everyone here is older than me. I'm just stumble every day. I'm stressing. Uh, sometimes I just say, I don't even know myself who I am. I'm afraid about myself, about the way that I'm thinking. Stefan spent a lot of time with me. But if Stefan can tell you, it's like, it's tough because I'm not easy. But Stefan is like my father, actually. Nathan also. There are people who stand very powerfully for me. And this is also the importance of the community. Uh, if all the people around wasn't there, I would be really lost. Because you can't live a small kid to walk through the road himself. I think all of us, we need a community. See? So it's very important to each one to understand also the call of God. What uh, Stefan is doing with me, this is what God tell me to do. Yesterday, they were a nice student formal. Uh, my friend Scott asked me to come. I said, no, I'm not going to come. And then, just yesterday, um, in afternoon, I think at four or three, Callan said, look, Silva, can you come? I said, no, I'm not going to come. I don't have any clothes that I can wear for me to dance. And said, no, you can come. There's everything. I just go there, give me everything, and then I go to this formal. And then something just happened was so strong. Is Beth also was there. And then Beth, we met, and Beth was praying, was like preaching me. See, and then he was praying and speaking in tongue. And then on myself, I'm like a difficult, I feel like I'm very tough. But I was afraid in the way that he was praying, I was feeling like it's making me become afraid. I told him, in the way that you are talking, I feel like there's something want to run from me, like in me. So, he spoke, he spoke and preached and prayed for me. And I can see how my mind is renewing. And I can see God really is here. God is talking to me. And also, uh, what can I say is, the I wanted, like, j'aurais voulu que tu puisses parler le français avec moi, m'interpréter ou bien. 
je ne sais pas là où elle est. Euh, Stéphane, gostaria de interpretar. Hein? Posso? Mas não temos tempo. Eu gostaria que o meu inglês fosse muito melhor para eu dizer muitas coisas. Mas com o tempo, isso vai acontecer. Mas o que eu vou perguntar é: agradeço a Deus, como podemos ler Romanos 8, versos 37 a 39. Ele está falando sobre. Nada pode nos separar from the love of the Lord through Jesus Christ. And we are winner in everything we can do. He's saying in Romans 8, verse 37. So, today I want to say, I want to surrender because me and my football is like the blood we work together. And I'm not focused to what God wants me to, to do. I'm afraid of losing my passion to losing what I love, but the true way of light, of happiness, of joy and goodness is Jesus' way. And I don't want to say today, um, I surrender to you, God, with expectation to have some someday football back, but for God to do whatever he wants with me. If you want me to evangelize, I can do wherever I want to take me. He can just take me. So, thank you also, thank you also, bet for yesterday. It was so strong. It was so strong. I asked Callum, Callum, did you speak to Bet? Because I think that was a plane. <laughs> yeah, I asked to Callum, I asked to Jack, like, did you speak to Bet? Said no. So how did he come here and then start preaching and praying for me? So. Yeah, it was very confusing, but today I want to say, God, give me the strength, because I don't know just how to start, how to stay strong. I'm asking for God's strength in this time, in this difficult time, to give me the, the strength that I can stay up and continue to follow him. Because also one thing is, Everyone must remember. If you can read Ecclesiastes, this is for the student. Ecclesiastes 12 is talking about to remember our Creator because time is flying, is running. Yeah. So everyone must be ready because the, the goal for every Christian is the kingdom. This is where must be our focus. And we can only have it when we have a relationship with God. We know about God. We memorize scripture. This sits in us and we keep focusing these things. So our first purpose and goal is the kingdom of the Lord. And also we are one body to love one another in all the moments. Okay, I'll be very quick. Um, so you know, I haven't had the best time with COVID and I thought last year was, in a way, the worst it was going to get and I got through. But it was challenging and then this year just more and more and more things seemed to go wrong and it, it felt like I was just getting worse and a lot of health issues and mental health things and I'd get over one thing and think, okay, great, and then it would just get worse. So now I'm currently pretty much wiped out with like lung COVID, which I know some people know about. Um, 
and I'm way behind where I should be in my masters. Um, at least, like, I don't have to hand in this year, it's for next year, but it, it felt hopeless. It felt like I can't work, I can't do anything. I've been sitting in my room for the last couple of months doing precisely nothing. And kind of out of the blue, uh, I got a message from my mom a few days ago, and she just said, just been praying for you and wanted to record what I felt so I didn't forget the details. Was praying about long COVID and you being a bit behind with your thesis. Strongly felt that God was saying the timing was his, Kairos, that he was going to show you something innovative, groundbreaking that needed to happen first, but now it's time. Obviously I didn't know what Kairos meant, so I Googled it. And it means the appointed time in the purpose of God. And I just felt that was so encouraging that I'd, I'd given up hope. I'm like, how on earth am I going to do this? How, how am I going to catch up all this time that I've missed or whatever? And it's so encouraging to just be told, this is God's time, just go with it. So I'm going with it. I'm not feeling well, I can't work, but it's going to be okay because it's not my time, this is God's time. So.